Hello and welcome to Is This Anime? I'm your anime expert, Jack Metcalf. And I'm the guy who doesn't know anything about anime, Malcolm Cloud. So for those just joining in, each week I select an anime series for Malcolm to watch and a number of episodes that best showcase that series strength. And last week's anime was Black Lagoon. Malcolm, how was Black Lagoon? You know, it's uh, it was it's a fun one. It's a fun one. It's a good like for it's not what I would ever associate with being anime because it's clearly like a riff on like eighties and nineties action films. Uh, it was really easy to digest and it was really fun talking to Jason Simpson about it, who, as we found out, was a voice actor on the show. Yeah. Uh, Jason was awesome. We definitely hope to have him on again. We, we, we talked a lot. We talked about a lot of things. So I'm, so I'm very glad we only did three of those. Um, but yeah, Black Lagoon's a fun show. Uh, and joining us is Sasha Husband, uh, once again, our lovely editor. Uh, Sasha, have you seen Parasite, the, the anime, not the Bong Joon-ho film? Uh, I, ha- I have not. No, uh, I do actually remember two things, actually, just riffing. But uh, I do remember a friend of mine in high school reading the manga, and she just turned to a page where a guy's arm turned into a penis. And that is it's an image that's always stayed with me. Uh, I don't know the context. I just know that the manga was Parasite. Um, and uh, going back to what you said before, uh, Jason Simpson is actually the person who taught me voice acting when I was going through on the mic. So, yeah, it's crazy that I'm in a, 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 a subsequent episode. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Jason's that- great. As, as I talked about in that episode, um, yeah, he's he's taught me. He's He's awesome. If you, dear listener, ever have a chance to to take a class with them, and uh, with with the current situation, uh, a lot of the classes are online at on the mic right now, and probably will continue to be just due to how convenient it is uh, to host these classes. Yeah, uh, take a class with Jason Simpson. Even if you've taken classes with on the mic before, or even taken video game voiceover before, he's just he'll he'll teach you good acting. <laughs> Um, but today we are talking about Dr. Stone. Um, and yeah, I was kind of surprised that you had not watched the show before, Sasha. No, I heard about it through a friend at my old workplace who, uh, what, what is the politically correct term? Is a weeb? And yeah, yeah he and I have very <laughs> we, similar we, we interests. They're not like a political minority. I think we can <laughs> call them that. For too long, we have been oppressed. Um, no, uh, shout out to Brett Sinclair. He and I were working at uh, a brewery together and I was sussing him out and I just knew that he was into anime. And like, I think day three, I was like, you like Jojo's Bizarre Adventure? And middle of pandemic, shouldn't have done this, but high fived him. And uh, yeah, he recommended me. Promise Neverland, uh, trying to think what else, Dr. Stone, uh, something Kaizen thing we were talking about. Um, and uh, I have not been disappointed so far because I really enjoyed the six episodes of uh, Dr. Stone that I watched. Yeah, so so let's get into the origins. And obviously, Malcolm, uh, <laughs> Malcolm, did you know anything about Dr. Stone? I think I told you about it a couple of weeks ago when I, when I started watching the show. I was like, this is really good. But uh, was there any knowledge beyond that? no. No, I didn't know anything. I mean, you had you had hinted that you're like we're going to cover the show. Um, I like to keep myself like in the dark with all these shows, like unless like I've like been like, hey, let's do this because I've heard a recommendation from someone else. Usually, it's like I want to go in blind 
And so, yeah, I had no idea. I had no, I, I just assumed, I'll be honest, I assumed there was a character called Dr. Stone and not what. Instead of a bar of soap. Yeah, instead of finding out it's a, it's named after the a bar of soap. <laughs> yeah. Um, all I could think of in the lead up to me watching it was two things. One was um, Gary Oldman's character in The Fifth Element because he keeps saying, or at least he says it one time, he goes, don't come back without the stones. Uh, he's got a shitty Max Landis haircut in that movie. And the other thing is uh, I kept thinking of Father Stone from the hit Irish sitcom Father Ted. Uh, Sasha, cut in a Father Stone quote. Can I help you, Paul? No, fine. Ah, uh, wasn't that great. See, I can do this because I'm the editor. <laughs> uh, not familiar with that. Uh, well, is, is that show anime? Uh, can we cover that, uh, Malcolm? Oh, God. If they made an anime of Father Ted, holy shit. Dr. Stone. Uh, Dr. Stone. Dr. Stone. Uh, so Dr. Stone was written by Richi- <laughs> Richiro Inagaki and drawn by the Korean artist known as Boichi. And Inagaki is best known for the American football manga I Shield 21, which was drawn by Yusuke Murata who later drew One Punch Man, redrew uh, One Punch Man. And that ran for 37 volumes from 2002 to 2009 in Weekly Shonen Jump. And Boichi, meanwhile, has had quite the manga career. Uh, He's dabbled in genres from science fiction to gangster to hentai. Oh, really? Let's let's talk about hentai, guys. Uh, We don't talk enough about hentai. Here's what he said about hentai when talking to comic book resources. First of all, the big difference is the Japanese manga artists have a classical spirit as an artisan, whereas Korean manga artists have more of a traditional artistic point of view. The second is that in Korea, because of political reasons, there are no erotic manga. But Japan does. To me, I think erotic manga is important to providing energy to manga in Japan. It plays the same role as horror films in Hollywood. No, that's such a wild, I'd be like, hey, this isn't as bad as those American horror films. (laughs) Like... He's got he's got a hentai collection, a collection of one shots, uh, but it only has nine out of the eleven one shots he he did. So I don't know if the the other two were too hot to handle for the collection. There's that if you can go look looking for it. It was it, I imagine that you find out later, and it's like nah, he just didn't think it was uh, hardcore enough. <laughs> I, I think it was, it was just it was like, too tame. <laughs> it was it was probably a page limit issue. He's like, okay, well, you know, these are two of my weaker ones. Not enough tentacles. Like, nah. Yeah, hasn't met the quota. Yeah, not enough black bars covering genitalia. What does that mean, Malcolm? Is there? Do you have some insider knowledge about hentai that we don't? <laughs> I just—I'll be honest. I've been to a Japanese sex shop before, so uh, yeah. and that's a, one of the wildest experiences of my life. Where it, it was a six-story building, so I want you to understand the scope of it. It was in the Every heart of Tokyo. Sex? Six? Every floor. You, well, here's what it is. It's like the basement is all the bonded stuff. Then you got like your main floor, which is like your entry level. You know, you know, just entry level. It's like that's where the condoms are. It's where like you know, like the posters are. Then you go up a floor, and it, like that's where your sex fortunes are, and like you know, it gets a little more naughty. And then you go up another floor. And now women aren't allowed to come up here, all right? So it's, there's a, at a certain point, women are not allowed to, like, go further up the, the shop. You go up a couple more floors, and then all of a sudden it's all non, like, all foreigners are not allowed to go any further. What? So it's, like, separated. <laughs> so at a certain point, we were like, you can't go up here. Damn. You're not from That's here. Wild. 
That makes so, me want to go up there, though. <laughs> I, there's it, so much to unpack there. Like, I, I, I'm still hung up on sex fortunes, whatever that may be. Oh, yeah. No. So it was like, you know, you can go to these temples in Japan. They're like just like very spiritual places. And you get like these fortunes. And, they, you know, you hopefully you get a good fortune. You get a bad fortune. And it's the same idea. But it's like, hey, uh, are you going to bone tonight? You know, <laughs> or are you going to be lonely? It's really wild because like Japan is both like highly sex crazed, but also incredibly repressed at the same time. Like it's just like this dichotomy that like they're always straddling. Like they they just need their own like they just need their own Miami. All right. Japan needs its own Miami. <laughs> all right. It's... They need to like they need one fucking like seaside village to be like, this is where all the shit happens. Like I like I don't know, maybe I'm speaking out of tune, but I'm like, I don't know where the uh like Florida, like Japanese Florida is. Cause that needs to exist. Well, I, what's the name of the hentai? Uh, what was it? Like, what I was gotta it look this up on Baka because Baka is uh Baka's where it's at. Because like, because like, are we talking like you know like is this like his his Fifty Shades or is this like more hardcore than that? I don't know anything about hentai. I'm gonna you know be, what? Yeah, could Malcolm get Nancy. this for his grandmother for Christmas? <laughs> yeah, listen. Would my French grandmother call this pedestrian? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, guys, you can find it. Just look up Boichi. You'll find it. Just just, just read all of Boichi's manga because his manga is awesome. Uh, and I do like Boichi's art style a lot. Um, so, yeah, his longest running work is the martial arts gangster manga Sun Ken Rock, uh, which he both r- wrote and drew. And it ran from 2006 to 2016 in Young King magazine. And it's legit a pretty badass manga and totally deserves an anime adaptation in its own right. Uh I'm surprised Sun Ken Rock has not been been animated yet. It's pretty badass. It's got a lot of badass fights. Uh, also has quite a bit of nudity. So you know, for for you know the more mature crowd, um, Boichi is a very very horny guy, and we we've got some more horny Boichi quotes to come. <laughs> but let's go back to Doctor Stone. Uh, Doctor Stone. Doctor Stone. The idea for Doctor Stone was inspired by Inagaki trying to create a different style of shonen protagonist. Uh, to him, so many of them had wild abilities and were super powerful. And Inagaki wanted a lead character who was more normal. And he figured researchers and scientists hadn't had much of a spotlight, which resulted in the creation of Sanku as his lead character. And he has also openly admitted that he basically reused his previous lead character, Aegon of High Shield 21, as the foundation for Sanku. I was just going to say right off the bat that uh, in terms of anime protagonists, um, Senku from the outset is like one of the least likable. He's like such an asshole from the very beginning of the show that like we only watched the first six episodes. I know Jack has probably watched more, but uh, in those first six episodes, he didn't really endear me to him. He was kind of just like a guy who would throw uh, bat pee on people and just tell people how he just didn't care about them to like the billionth percentile. And I don't see his arc changing too, too much over the course of the series. So um, really interesting start that that was the focus of the protagonist of this one. Senku is really set up to be this heroic protagonist, and yet he's also a huge asshole. And don't get me wrong, I love his character, but it's just so funny to, like, from right out the gate, this guy is just so kind of insufferable, and he's just like... 
I mean, he's very talented and good at what he does, sure, and he really drives the plot and all that. But uh, yeah, uh, not one of the most likable in terms of like, yeah, I could have a beer with this guy. Inagaki was interested in the idea of average people working hard for their goal. And he said, when you're petrified, you can't do anything at all, but you can count. So Sanku working diligently by counting for thousands of years truly embodied the idea of hard work for Inagaki. This is something that I was curious about because it's kind of unclear whether the characters can see when they're petrified. Because if I was Senku, I wouldn't count the seconds. I would just look at when the days passed and be like, all right, that's another one. Instead, it's like he's counting every single second. And it was in like the hundreds of billions by the time that he was revived. But they make it seem as though they can kind of tell where they are. So I'm like, why wouldn't he just be like one? Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like there's this really weird element to it where like people whose mind, like the implicated are like people whose minds were active this whole time. Like they're the ones who are still like kind of petrified. But then there's other people who are clearly like hollow inside that I wasn't sure, you know, what, you know, what the rules were that way. And yeah, all he does is count to, yeah, hundreds of billions, which almost seems like based on like the year they wake up in, which is like what five, the year 5,000. I'm like, it feels like it should be more than hundreds of billions. Like, I feel like you're in like, at least in the trillion I'm, range. If not I'm further. sure, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure you Nagaki counted. Cause he seemed, he talks about how he does do his research. So I think it's, um, yeah, I suck at counting, man. If you make me like count past 20, I'm fucked. So I'm I'm not good at that shit at all. I remember when I was when I was eight years old, I got a report card that says Sasha has the ability to count to two thousand, and I was really shocked at that time. I'm like, wow, they believe in me. But now I think about it, and my teachers probably looked at me in the corner and they thought in my head I was just going like four hundred and one, four hundred and two, four hundred and three. <laughs> So anyways, Boichi, he came onto the project when Inagaki had finished Storybirds for Chapter 3, and their process involves Inagaki sending Boichi the storyboards by fax or online, and then he draws the art while the editor relays his messages back and forth. It's interesting, because like in the first uh, six episodes, I am unsure of Senku's motivations, because I'm not 100% on whether he wants to revive people and rebuild society so that he has a thriving society or he just views people as tools because he's always just on about um, Taiju being like, you dumb oaf, just move all this shit around. Like, come on. That's why I woke you up. Like, what are you doing? Um, so it, yeah, it, it's funny. Cause I, I imagine when you are the head of a company and you are delegating and you are organizing uh, a comic to come out or a manga, you might have to do that same sort of delegating and whether the care is there in um, in his work, or if he is also kind of a Senku type where he's like, people are an ends to a means. All right. So are we ready to talk about episode one? We've got six of these to go through. Uh, I mean, I did, I did groan when I realized that like all my protagonists are in high school. They're like, we're the high school science club. And I was like, fuck, <laughs> like that was my first reaction. I was like, God damn it. Another high school protagonist. I mean, I think it's such a cool premise, like the idea of like just a random substance turns everyone into yeah. rock. Every, every- uh, and I also like that, like we have that uh, the one guy. I forget his name. The um, Taiju. The bra- like Taiju. Taiju. 
Yeah. Taiju. Yeah, Taiju. And he's like, oh, he's just about to profess his love for the girl that he's been hanging out with for years. What is it? He's like, five years. I've been holding on to this for five years. And then that's like the time he turns into stone. But of course, he's like, I'm now never going to forget this. And then that's what fuels him to like unlock like thousands of years Which later. Is- so we instantly know Taiju is an honorable man. He he doesn't take shortcuts when it comes to love. Well, also, wasn't that drink actually Yeah, gasoline? it was gasoline, and it's, like, made from, like, bottle caps. See, this is why I think he's such an asshole. It's like, <laughs> yeah, he, he was like, I knew to the billionth percenta that my friend would not drink the gasoline. But it's like, you also put gasoline in his hand and was like, drink this. That's true. That's true. He was definitely taking a risk. Well, I also noticed, like, yeah, he always says everything to the 10 billion percent. Like, that's his, that's his catchphrase. He's like, I knew that to the 10th million. I knew that 10 billion percent or whatever. He, he says it a lot. There's always 10 billion percent. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure you can be that sure of anything. I think it's like 100 percent, and that is the maximum. Anything above that is like, how can you be more sure than, like, than is possible? It's just overflowing within you. Um, so yeah, Taiju, he does manage to be still alive after the petrification, and he is dedicated to surviving. Yeah, he gets swept up by an ocean at one point, I think. Well, like, it's clearly they moved to a different location, because, like, you know, they where they were, it would have, like, I guess the buildings would have may have crumbled, but, like, now there's, like, you know, these, like, great... They cliff sides and like obviously great forests and like there are caves and you know there's bats and all that and there's clearly no signs of like previous human civilization which I mean I know there's those shows it's like a world without man which I I've only ever watched like ten minutes of on occasion um, when it's like on the Discovery Channel but uh, but you assume there would be some stuff left. Uh, there is. There's one Buddha and nothing else. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Buddha's yeah. still there. So uh, religion perseveres. I think that's the takeaway. Not Christianity though. Uh, only the only the true religion, uh, Buddhism. That's right. Uh, that's that's the one that wins out. Um, yeah, I I get real Breath of the Wild vibes when watching the show. Uh, do I have either of you played Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild? I assume our one of our listeners has at least. I, I have played Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. And um, to Malcolm's point, I also think that there was something hinted at where they showed some uh, scenes of Tokyo just being fucked by storms. So I think there was some suggestion that there was like a huge storm that took over like the entire island, at least, I guess. Um, how these like very brittle-seeming statues survived that, I don't know. But... Um, you know, they all got buried in the the ground somewhere and uh, persevered. I guess. I guess like that. <clears throat> that would be the one unfortunate thing. It's like you get stuck in stone, and then you like get swept into the ocean, and you're just like in, under the ocean. So you can't like you can't want to wake up because if you wake up, you're instantly That's dead. Right. Um, we get a little flashback, a flashback to kind of the hints of what's to come with with the with the uh, swallows being turned to stone first. Oh yeah, because there's like the little like. They uh, they find the swallow in the bush and it's you know covered in stone. And then like later on, we find out it's only humans and swallows are what was turned into stone, which That's... I didn't understand. I was like, oh, why why swallows? Yeah, but unless it's like an experiment by someone. 
who wanted to see if it was Yeah, worked. I mean, as far as what I've watched the show, they, they have yet to answer that. But it is one of those intriguing details where, you know, they could have just, like, made it basic and just been like, okay, only humans uh, were turned to stone. But But the swallows add, like, another little mysterious little detail to the whole thing. That's one thing that I will point out. I mean, jumping ahead a couple episodes, but um, Senku at one point is hypothesizing about what happened to the world. And it basically airs all of the things that I was thinking, because obviously there is a huge mystery at the center of the show, which is why and how did everyone get turned to stone? And he just goes through like systematically being like, was it aliens? Was it a like, a device that was launched by a uh, by another country was it um, was it a disease? And I think that I mean I would hope that all of those could be ruled out because he pretty much like plainly was like no it couldn't be that it couldn't be that couldn't be that. So I like that they are taking the expectations of the viewer and being like yeah yeah what you think it is going to be it's going to be something completely different. So. Uh, more of a happening situation. I don't know if you know the M Night Shyamalan I, masterpiece, or, or, The Happening, where the Earth, where the Earth, it was the plants. All right. Oh my God, it's the trees. As Mark Wahlberg declares to Zoe Deschanel, that makes them kill themselves. And maybe it's the plants fed up with dying because of humanity. It's now turned everyone to stone. What was it? Uh, so yeah, our Taiju he finds Ariza at. The tree and uh, Yuriza has kind of been taken in by this tree, and Taiju's uh, like, "Oh my God, the tree is taking care of you, <laughs> uh, Yuzuriha." And he encounters Sanku, and Sanku uh, confirms to him that it's been thirty-seven hundred years since the world was petrified. Because he counted every second. Yep, uh, and that's something. He's his special ability is to count. He's he's so dedicated to it. Like me. I appreciate that he didn't forget any of his knowledge about science, but he still had like the the dedication to count. He's like, I every second, one, two, three, four. Like that's like I'd give up like within a day. Not even man. I if at once in an hour it happened, or if even that, I'd be like, okay, a million years have passed. Yeah, I've heard <laughs> like a million. Time. I've heard like a million is like it they, to count to a million. It usually takes like at least a day or two. A million Anyways, Sanku Sanku is pretty extra. Yeah, that's what I meant. He's a pretty extra dude. I mean, you know, he was counting, he was doing calculations, he was he was doing a lot of things. Um, figuring well, out just his big ambition is to go to space, as we found out later. And that's something. It's funny because I've I've watched the show up to like episode six of season two, and there there are numerous things in these first six episodes that do pay off. Uh, so it was fun to revisit them. Because there were there were some hints at uh, things to come. Wait, is Senku actually Elon Musk? Is that what the show is about? Is this the origin story of Elon Musk? He does launch <laughs> a rocket that blows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, yep, that's SpaceX for you. Yeah. Yeah. All hail SpaceX. Taiju, he questions the fact that... Uh, so him, him and Senku make wine. And Taiju questions the fact that they're underage drinking. I do love how Taiju... He's, he's so honorable. He's like, we're underage. And he's like, and uh, Sanku is like, well, actually, no, it's been 3,700 years. So, so it counts. See, Taiju, I fucking adore this type of character in anime, like the lovable doofus. Um, I love, I love me some Jean-Pierre Polnareff. I love me some 
some Okuyasu from uh, Diamond is Unbreakable. I love me some uh, Mista. These are all just JoJo examples, but... Uh, I, I know uh, what you're talking about. Malcolm does not. Yeah. Well, Malcolm might know one of them. Oh, he will know. He will. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, as much as like a character like him lacks kind of depth and or internal kind of motivation, uh, I just fucking love seeing these guys just appear in anime and be like, I am virtuous and I just, just love people and I will protect my friends. And meanwhile, uh, Senku is just in the corner going, you fucking oaf. Like always calling and these, yeah. These people exist too. We've all got those bros who are who are just well meaning. They're not necessarily the deepest fellows, but you know, they do their best. Anyways, Sanku, Sanku, Sanku is, you know, a cultured person. He handles his wine way better than Tai Chu. Uh we get a fun montage of them trying to figure out how to unpetrify birds, and we see Taiju and his awesome beard. I love Taiju with the beard. I miss the beard. It was only around for like 30 seconds, and then a clam just took it off damn those clams yeah the the clam razor which you know i never thought about that um but i guess yeah that's uh that's how it could work that's how people used to shave so so we end this episode off um taiju he's about to revive uh yuzuriha well you know i was gonna say caesars the canadian uh, drink the caesar uh famously made out of shaved clippings of men's uh facial hair (laughs) so dumb uh episode two is great yeah so taiju he's about to revive uh yuzuriha because they figured out how to unpetrify birds and therefore humans and it's it's like it's nitric acid it's made from what like bat guano bat guano yeah Yeah. and we also learn a rule which is you can't revive someone who's died so if someone if someone's head uh somehow got removed while petrified uh there's no there's no coming back from that yeah it just brings back like the body parts just disembod- disembodied and also like you know obviously the the world has changed a lot in the past 3700 years disasters and all that so the, the body count is probably pretty high like like we said earlier there's probably people stuck on the bottom of the ocean you know you've got you know just just a random you know events you know maybe mm-hmm. they like you know fell off a cliff at some point you know, are, you know, consumed by, you know, a mountain. Uh, this is another great Taiju moment uh, because they're on the cusp of about uh, to revive a Usuria, but then Taiju points out they can't do it while she doesn't have any clothes on. The modesty. The modesty, the modesty. of a 17-year-old. He's, yeah, you know what? He's a good lad. And, and Sanku, uh, you know, he doesn't care. He's like, no, let's just revive this girl. He's listen. Taiju is a good boyfriend. Uh, I hope the best for uh, him and Yuzuriha's relationship. Uh, she she deserves him. He's a good he's a good man. He's done a lot for her. I mean, boyfriend. Yeah, this is the gripe that I have with his whole uh, storyline. Is that I mean, I, I kind of want to save it for the episode, but the fact that the fact that he holds on to this thing for so long, and even after this person is brought back he's like nope still not time it pisses me off <laughs> anyway we'll, we'll talk about it in episode yeah. four or five or yeah so so all this arguing all this arguing about whether or not Usuria has a dick uh this wakes up lions because of course you know there's predators in this world uh and what happens is they must revive the strongest primate high schooler <laughs> this was Shukasa. so confusing to me i 
I love that title. I this this is the type of thing where I have to pause the show and rewind because strongest primate high schooler Sukasa Shishio. It's crazy because it makes sense in the world that they woke up in that he would be described this way, but he recognized him from today as being the ultimate primate high schooler. And if I was called that in high school, I'd be fucking irate. So the fact that he's going around being like, yeah, this is me. I'm just the ultimate, you know, chimp man. Yeah, that would have been crazy. Like, uh, just just to be like, yeah, the because I assumed like maybe that was like, a reality show where it's like he won like a teen strongman, like, like, like a Mr. Olympia, but it was like the strongest primate, but he won the high school division. But it's like, Oh yeah, no. This guy's just like a fucking superhero. <laughs> like it's like he's just like he's ultra strong. Again, he's in high school. Um, and yeah, the fact that he called him the high school primate, like what the fuck? That cracked me up so hard. It's it's the titles where you know, obviously, I think the the translator localizer probably could have you know done a done more of a job, but they they were in on the joke clearly. It makes more sense in Japanese. If you just learn the language, it'll make so much more sense. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, they, they do revive Sukasa, And Sukasa so far, he delivers. He beats up the lions, and he's a pretty good dude. He's, you know, he's getting all the hunting done for them. Also, uh, not one for modesty. He's, he's pretty cool with being naked. He's naked quite a bit in this montage and when he fights the lions. Yeah, he kills a lion with one punch, which is... Uh, like another anime you guys covered. Yeah, an- another One Punch anime, which, you know, has a small connection title. to this. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I love it because, like, just his eye is broken out of the stone, and he's like, you sure you want me to do this for you? And they're like, please save us. And he was like, all right. And then he fucks up a lion, and then all the other lions are like, well, we're out of here. Um, And then he's just in the world. He's like, I feel so sorry for killing this lion. I need to skin it now. And then he just wears a fucking lion skin for the rest of the uh, the six episodes that we were watching. He's got an awesome uh, character design. And even though he, you know, he is kind of set up as a villain down the road or, or even by the end of this episode, I like Sukasa a lot. I find him to be a very interesting character. I don't know about you guys. He's cool. I I knew almost immediately that he was going to turn villainous or evil or uh become the antagonist because uh taiju was already kind of in his position as strong guy quote unquote and then another strong guy comes along and he's as it turns out very idealistic about how he wants to restructure the the world and i'm like oh this guy's gonna he's gonna beef with senku like almost immediately that was yeah that just became so apparent it's obvious, but at the very least, I do just, like, I enjoy the respect he has for Sanku, for one thing. And the fact that he, you know, he has an ideology where you can you can somewhat understand it. He's not pure, purely malevolent, and he, you know, he is calm, cool, and collected, too. He's got a, yeah. like, he's got a Thanos thing going on where he has a very strict, like, um, principle that he governs his actions by. Um, that, as a viewer, when you listen to it the first time, you're like, Oh, okay. Well, I kind of see where he's coming from, and then when you think about it, you're like, "Wait, well, actually, that's that's so dumb." And also, it makes no sense. And why are you killing half of the galaxy? I don't. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah. The more you dig into it, yeah, the worse it becomes. Where you're like, you don't even know what these people 
skills are and you're just like going around like and just you know basically just punching their heads off their like rock bodies like it's just oh you because Tsukasa's thing is that he wants to rebuild a society without the older generations who are bitter and have uh like set up society to be violent and uh against the youth and so he wants to kill all of the old statues and just have young people which is just so misguided but he's like yep this is my philosophy and i'm sticking to it everyone's listen it's clear that the uh the high school primate champion of japan never read lord of the flies well here's the other thing Uh, is that tsukasa is also kind of a genius which is never really explained he's a really strong guy who can knows enough about science that he can predict pretty much everything that senku is doing well, he also like implies that uh, that he would have been friends with the gang later on, like had I they like, just I met in like had they met in like the normal times and not the stone world, um, which is kind of the sad like story where it's like, oh yeah, clearly this guy, you know, was you know I don't know ostracized. I don't know if that's the right word for his his primate like strength. Um, Seems like he was killing it back in the day because. He was talking about how he was entering all those martial arts competitions and how he was like the champion at everything that he entered. So I guess he was just like the best fighter uh, around. But as he mentions at one point, he has uh, lots of admirers, admirers, but no close connections. So he probably had a very lonely existence at that time. But that's kind of on him because he's a. He's an attractive man. He could go out there and meet some 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 people his own age. Yeah, I mean, he's got a bit of a Tarzan, like George of the Jungle vibe going. Like in terms I, I, of like his look, not his like personality. I think as we've learned, uh, especially with Death Note, that that high schoolers do not have the the, the best, uh, the most developed sense of morality. They don't have a lot of nuance, as they should. All right, they shouldn't have like this like in depth like. Uh, sense of morality or this in-depth sense of like, yeah, this nuance, right? They're children, all right? They need to learn. That's why they're in school. That's all right. Except Tsukasa, Tsukasa definitely is is a committer of um, anime aging where he does not look to be what, like, how old is he supposed to be? 17 or something? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's pretty fun. I don't think he's as bad as, say, Jotaro Kujo or Jotaro Kujo, but... um. He's still, you know, he's he's still guilty of it. Yeah, he doesn't have tires for shoulders. No, I, I, tires that always uh, threw me off. In, in Diamond is Unbreakable. Anyways, um, after all this hunting, uh, Sanku he he asked he asked Taiju and Sukasa what's the most important thing to have uh, right now. And Taiju, I love his response. He thinks smartphones would be the next important thing that they need. Sukasa said iron, uh, which is pretty reasonable. Uh, But the correct answer is calcium carbonate or lime is the most important. Uh, I didn't. I don't know a lot about calcium carbonate, so I was like, okay, cool, that's a neat answer. And here's the thing: shells have plenty of calcium carbonate, and they can be used to make soap, cement. It can be used for agriculture because it blows away hydrogen ions in soil, and you can call it Doctor Stone. I was so fucking angry. <laughs> like when that was 
real. I was like, wait. So like, I because I almost was expecting this to be some sort of like Wizard of Oz type thing where it's like they're looking for Doctor Stone. Doctor Stone has like you know is responsible for this. Like I thought that might it was going to be kind of the storyline, and for them to be like, no, we that's what you know you know this is this one specific you know this calcium carbonate is that what I yeah calcium carbonate calcium carbonate it's like this will make soap and that's dr stone because now we can clean ourselves and not worry about like infections and stuff i was like are you god damn it i was like god damn it i mean Uh, they have that look (laughs) at the camera moment where it's like and we we could call it dr stone and everyone's like oh and then they do it two episodes later (laughs) where it's like super long pause of like it is dr stone and everyone shits their pants because they think it's the greatest thing they've ever heard. And I'm sitting at home like, <laughs> it's, it's fucking soap. It was one of those answers where I completely forgot. Um, it's one thing I did not remember until uh, during this rewatch. And I was like, oh, okay. I, I figured it was just Sanku being called Dr. Stone because, you know, he's the guy who was uh, freeing everyone. That's how if I they, saw If they don't have like, a tie-in promotion where they sell soap uh, branded with the anime, I don't know what the creators are doing with themselves. You'd have you'd hope so because it's like it's it's right there like, and you know soap's not that expensive to make so and yet you can upcharge the fuck out of it so like yeah I watched Fight Club yeah listen um, David Fincher bought a you know bought a mansion just off the soap sales alone from Fight Club selling our own uh, fat asses back to them we yeah. we don't even really need to talk too much more about episode two because we kind of already jumped ahead which was again um, Sukasa he's got this goal where. He only wants to revive the young and pure-hearted, and he's 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 gonna take down all those terrible adults. Whereas Sanku, he wants to revive everyone, and that's where that's where Sanku is like, okay, Sanku does have a heart. He he's uh, what's it's not the word moralist, but he's 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 pure of heart, man. He he wants to do right by everyone. He's pragmatic. I guess is, so. Is, 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 is that pragmatic for Sanku? I feel Sanku is more optimistic if he wants to revive everyone. Isn't that yeah, maybe. Honky. All right, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say that with Sanku, I thought it was uh, it was fun that he also, when he was like, did you even, like, when he was getting told about this other plan, that he, like, he's like, oh, did you even consider it? And Sanku was just like, I didn't even consider it, like, one-tenth or one or 10 billion percent, I knew that I wasn't going to do this. Like, he, he just threw in that, like, 10 billion percent line, like, again. That's like, he was that sure that he hated it that much. He's like, no, I'm not going to even follow. You're not even, like, 10, you know. I knew that this was a bad idea. He seems so. to measure everything, either in seconds, 10 billionth of a percentile, or millimeters. Like, there are times when he's like, I wouldn't even give that a millimeter of thought. It's like, why are you measuring your thoughts in millimeters? That makes no sense. Uh, episode two, it was great. Yeah, exactly. It, it again, it makes it very clear, especially with the Sukasa stuff, where the series is going. The two different philosophies, Sukasa, who is, um, yeah, again, this kind of Thanos, uh, Thanos guy, who is like, yep, I'm going to take down uh, the relics of society and build my own one, and Sanku, who is who is more peaceful, and yeah, he wants to save everyone. Everybody lives in uh, Sanku's world. Uh, so yeah. Episode three, we get the revival of uh, Yuzuria. He just coughed out so badly telling her. And, like, it feels so obvious that she knows. Like, and she's got, like, the feelings are mutual. It's like, 
something that like was hinted at in the pilot where it's like, you should, you know, just ask her. It's like, maybe she'll know because those three are actually were friends before. And how, also how lucky were they that they were all like kind of close together? Like, I know they like all froze near each other, but given all the like natural disasters that occurred over those thousands of years that they were able to like stick in the same region. Yeah. That would suck if, it's just him looking for Yuzuhiro who is at the bottom of the ocean. And it's like, I'll find her one day. And it's like, no, you won't. I, I completely agree. That's that's like my huge gripe. The fact that he brings her back. She's right there. And he's like, no, I, I'm not going to tell you my feelings until society is rebuilt. That, if, if, if any of my female friends heard that, they'd be like, mm, he doesn't like commitment. Uh, he won't commit to how he feels about it. Yeah, or it's like, are you sure he's not? Yeah, it's that, or it's like, are you sure he's not? Like, are you sure? <laughs> like, I love how uh, it's portrayed as like this super romantic gesture, and it's just some, it's just a quality that people really dislike. It's like, I'm not going to tell you my feelings about you. It's like, cool. All right, well, I'm going to be with someone who doesn't waste my time. That's very true. Again, I think if the feelings are mutual, like I don't like. I don't think that's very subtle. Like, it's not a subtle thing. <laughs> like, she's just waiting for him to be saying so she can be like, because she's also nervous. Because, like, they've clearly been friends forever. She, like, is, they're like a trio. And it's like that classic trio of, like, you know, these two like each other. And then you've got your pansexual scientist uh, genius. Yeah. You know, it bugs me. I just, when I see people who are just like waffling, they're like, no, no say how i feel like fucking just say it what's wrong with you that's the one thing i think that's where you're like oh you know they're teenagers because like that's the shit that they do you know i mean i still know people you know in their late 20s who do that and 30s so Mm. do you ever grow out of it i hope i do i do i did (laughs) i do did this dr stone (laughs) it's dr stone they're trying yeah so sukasa meanwhile He's gained the uh, revival fluid and pretty much murdering every everyone he sees in sight. And yeah, we get this great moment where Yuriza, Yuzuria, uh, Yuzuria manages to find this Buddha statue, which kind of proves to her that it's just been that fucking long. I think that's like a cute moment where, where the characters finally kind of have some perspective about what's happened in this world. I wouldn't call it a cute moment. I think that's like a like it's a devastating it's a devastating moment because she's like because like that's when you realize it's like oh yeah these guys all these kids have families and you know and other friends and like all these people who are now like missing like the story like the backstory of our pansexual scientist hero whose name escapes me right now uh, Senku uh, uh, Senku. Um, that's such a trait I think everyone hates the podcast. I can't like keep the protagonist names straight every fucking episode. Especially in a show where there's only like four named characters. Yeah, yeah thank you. Um, where it's like, because in Senku's backstory, which I think is in the next episode. Yeah, it's in the next one. Um, where it's like he has a dad who like sells his car so he can like do science stuff. Although, you know, classic, we don't see the dad's face. So I'm assuming the dad shows up at some point. Um Having he, you know, having been he, revived, he may, he may, he he may show up in some form or another in the oh. show. Okay, so this show actually, like, that's what I like about these six episodes. Without going too much into detail, there is like a lot of foreshadowing, which is really cool. Um, because I think shonen shows, a lot of them, 
not just shown in shows, but shown in manga, given obviously the rigorous schedule, um, a lot of them have rough plotting. And, you know, it's it's something where I can forgive the uh, the people behind it. But, you know, not everyone has one piece level <laughs> plotting where they can, you know, plan things 10 years in advance and have it pay off. Uh, other series are, are kind of like Dragon Ball or to a much worse extent, Naruto, where their plotting is just kind of very messy. <laughs> Yeah, let's just hazard. come back to Naruto as a child sitting alone on a swing set. Let's do that every five episodes. That's a good plan. Bro, I think Naruto's bad, and I didn't even watch the show. I read the manga, and even the manga, which is supposed to be the good version, is still pretty bad, in my opinion. <laughs> I spent so much of my life watching that show, and I can never get that time back. Man, I've never uh, seen it. Feels like I dodged a bullet. All I know is the Naruto run. The Naruto I that, run. I knew you were going to say that. That's all I know. I know the run... I've seen, I've had, you know, I remember uh, back in high school, people would do do that run. People on the streets are doing that run. People are going to Area 51 and they're doing that run. It's all about the run. Anyways, yeah, the, episode three, I have the least amount of notes on there. I do like the detail where they it kind of explain the face cracks and how they come from uh, the deep petrification process. The face cracks are cool. The the cracks, on, well, not just on the face, but also on the body. I like that detail. Especially when we start to to meet characters who who maybe have more natural births. Ooh, I remember uh, a thing from uh, episode three I really liked. It has one a, a thing that is uh, a favorite staple that appears in uh, anime, which is the super goofy reaction frame. Because at the beginning of the episode, um, Senku and Sukasa are clearly sussing each other out because they have a difference in philosophy. And uh, Senku's like, as long as he doesn't find out about the miracle formula juice that's bringing people back to life. And then at that moment, Taiju shows up and he's like, I got the miracle formula juice that brings people back to life. And it just cuts to Senku and he's like, jaw hits the ground and his face is super <laughs> distorted. And he's like, ah! oh, yeah, they do that a lot in these episodes. There's like a lot of like breaking the fourth wall and like these giant like, you know, eyes like popping out of their heads. Yeah, jaw hitting the ground. I love that kind of stuff. That's actually what made the show fun. Because it's yeah. like, this show could have been like really dark and gritty. like Because it, it has a concept that like could lend itself to that pretty easily. Uh, and instead, yeah, I like that they're kind of going for, uh, although, you know, we were just talking about like this sad moment about all my, you know, my, all my flo- you know friends and my parents are all like trapped in the stone. Um, but yeah, they just have these moments of just like pure levity. Anyways, moving on. Um, Sanku, in order to defeat Tsukasa, they need to make gunpowder. And I love when Sanku says we have to warp ahead one million years. Here, yeah, it, it really reminds me of this YouTube series I watch called um, Primitive Technology, where it's this dude in a... I don't know if you've seen it, but it's just this dude in a jungle who, like, finds clay and rocks and sticks, and he'll develop the most incredible things like he'll build his own house he'll make a pool in the middle of the forest and at one point he made this like super powerful hydro powered hammer and i feel like it's that in dr stone operating at a supersonic level it's just going so much faster um because uh, he can delegate, which is, I think is also part of Senku's strength. He's like, I need the strong person to come back to lift the heavy thing so I can build the cool thing, I guess. Well, he like seeks out uh, 
toju right to like to get him revived like that's what i thought was interesting as well it's like where it's like also you realize it's like yeah he's not this big asshole because he's like you know toju is obviously you know one of his best friends if not his yeah his it is his best friend um like the fact that toju has always been you know interested in the science and though he may not understand it at the level um you know that's needed oh man i'm losing train of thought uh senku's like you know at senku's level it's still there um and uh, yeah i do like that there's you know that forethought to be like i need this and i need that and like and as he's probably i assume reviving more people as the show goes along there's more thought of like oh we could use someone who's knowledgeable about this so like hopefully we can find that person uh we get to learn the ingredients of gunpowder which i wrote down because of course i did sulfur charcoal and potassium nitrate plus a pinch of glucose and uh make mecha senku pops in and says don't try this at home because you could make a bomb yeah they're basically going through the ingredients that are listed in the anarchist cookbook and then making a disclaimer to children watching this show being like yeah so we gave you this so don't make this bomb whatever you do don't make this bomb which is kind of inviting me to make a bomb i'm not gonna not gonna lie i see that and i'm like are you are you asking me to do this thing Anyways, um, so I'm not sure if this is episode three or not because I didn't write down the notes, but there was a smoke signal, and we learned in episode four that it was not Sukasa who did that smoke signal. It was someone else. Yeah. Well, I also like that they're, like, thinking is, oh, so, you know, there's a smoke signal. We obviously need to, like, you know, reach out to this person, but also we need to, like, make sure that they don't think this is just some random volcanic eruption. So this is, like, something else. Uh, they they do end up running into Sukasa, and he he grabs uh, Yuzuriha, uh, because of course he does because he's the bad guy, and he he threatens her and tells tells Sanku that he must abandon science or else he will have to kill him. I wonder if that's like an evangelical um, message that's coming through, where it's like just accept that God created everything, and he's like, <laughs> like no, God is dead. I mean, there's people in the southern United States that want that right now in the state, you know, as they want the melding of uh, not just religion, but evangelical Christianity with the state. And then you get into this nightmare dystopian that we're in. That's very boring. We're in a boring dystopia. Uh, so we get some flashback stuff for, for Little Sanku. And as we talked about, Little Sanku uh, declared that he... He wanted to go to space as soon as possible. Not just when he's a grown-up, but as soon as possible. Assuming he's like 16, yeah. 17, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was like, he's, he's maybe like 14. He's, he's how old? Yeah, maybe 14. He's, he's 15, I guess. Oh, what the fuck? Old. What the fuck are we doing? <laughs> I mean, I guess 15 maybe... 15 years old? Oh I guess God. maybe when the show... Because we have the whole montage in episode one where clearly a lot of time has passed because, like, you know, the seasons have passed, so maybe he's yeah. 16. Maybe, maybe he's 16. Oh, uh, God 15 damn and it. A half? 15 and a half? 15 and, if he's 15 and a half, um, God damn it. Uh, 15 and a half plus 3,700 years. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing. That's the thing. Um, but during this whole rocket, even though it does explode, it does manage to launch some of the doll, some dolls of him and uh, Yuriza and uh, Taiju. So that was cute. It launches the dolls into space. So 
something happened through that at least. <laughs> I forgot Sanku's name. Sanku, he he's confronted Sukasa and Sukasa declares he must kill him. And Sukasa does tell him, were it not for these events, uh, if they met just before the whole petrification, maybe Sanku could have been his first real friend. And that's a, that's a sweet moment, even if it's, you know, said by a psychopath. I do like that idea. That, all he you know, wanted was some friends. Yeah. If Ted Bundy had a friend, he wouldn't have killed all those women. <laughs> Is that the, te- that's what, that's the implication. I guess so. I guess so. And to be fair, I'm pretty sure uh, Sukasa has killed more people than Ted Bundy and more women too, by this point. Okay, so are we going to say that him destroying statues of people with the potential to be revived is him murdering them? Ooh, I feel like we're wading into an abortion debate. Let's 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 get away from this. Um, we're on the fence. We're stuck on the fence. <laughs> I thought uh, this was just a pleasant show. That's why no. I picked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is an abortion allegory, it seems. Episode 5, though, I do like the alternate flash. It's like an alternate timeline flashback uh, where we get to... All these flashback scenes we had seen previously, they stick uh, Sukasa in them. And I thought that was kind of sweet. It's like, what if, you know, Sukasa protected uh, uh, Sanku from the bullies and stuff? I was like, oh, I wish that happened. Yeah, I wish it happened too. I wish he wasn't trying to kill all these people. Yeah, like, well, there's that sad thing where, like, there's the plushies that get made, where it's like the four Sukasa, like, one includes Sukasa, and like, that fades away as you realize like that's like a lie like it's not real uh and i was kind of a, like almost uh so sad because again this high school primate just needed some friends world's strongest high school strongest primate high schooler <laughs> fantastic title uh fantastic title Anyways, every time i say it it feels like i'm making i'm like saying a slur I think you're adding, like, another word but it doesn't matter <laughs> It's like, I feel like I'm dangerously close to a slur. And it's like, no, it's like this. Um, anyways, so so Yuzuriha and Taiju, they, of course, you know, try uh, try to defeat Tsukasa. And they manage to they manage to at least, they don't knock him out, but they at least are able to, uh, to get him out of the area with this gunpowder explosion. Uh, only after uh, Tsukasa has karate chopped uh, um, Senku on the back of the neck. Yeah, so he goads him, and he's like, yeah, just if you're going to kill me, kill me quick. And he karate chops the back of his neck, and he's just instantly dead, it appears. It appears. It appears. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We get another, we well, get another, he's, he says he's going to hit his carotid artery. Um, Get another Sanku flashback to when he was depetrified, and he's spotted by monkeys who are baffled by him. And the monkeys, we get to hear the monkeys' internal monologues. Uh, He's got he's got his nasty pee pee out. That's a that's a quote from a monkey. They call him well, shiny they, shiny ape. Shiny. <laughs> yeah, and I love that. At one point, they call him smooth brain. <laughs> they assume his brain's as smooth as his skin, <laughs> which is kind of like an unreal. Like because I like I feel like people you started saying smooth brain is an insult not too long ago. Like I feel like it's like an internet meme from a couple years ago. Uh, like, I don't remember people saying that in high school. Um, and so I'm just like, oh, they put that in the, like, this, like, dub. I'm like, I love that. And that made me laugh so fucking hard. Because I love I love that as an insult. It's like, you smooth brain motherfucker. Um, yeah, so Sanku, I, I do like how Sanku is just, 
again, we're so used to to, to sh- typical shonen protagonists who are good at fighting or or some form of combat ability, and Senku can't even hunt properly, which I just love. Yeah, he's you know he's all about science. All right, he's gonna oh, rebuild science. society because of science. He's all he's he's a science a man of science a science junkie. Uh, science is his gospel. And also, uh, we talked about this way earlier, where Sanku uh, theorizes just whether it's aliens. Um, I put Americans. I know you said uh, someone else, but he uses an American, a very Southern accent. So I put Americans as oh, really? a theory. That yeah. did not come across in the uh, in the subbed version. Um, it was. Oh, just, you watched the sub? Okay. Yeah, they were like, maybe it's just some some country, and uh, I think. The it, the accent he uses with some country in the dub, at least, is like a southern accent. So I put Americans. I see. I mean, it uh, makes sense that it would be an allegory for the bomb, right? You know, whether it's the you know fat man or the little boy. Uh, and of course, you know, it could but have it's been the tone a, version of that. Of course, it could have been a virus. Uh, totally, you know, as <laughs> virus. Uh, that's definitely not going to shut down the world. Not at all. Too soon, Dr. Stone. Too soon. Too soon, Boichi. Yeah. No amount Boichi of soap is going to protect us. Yeah. You know, we'll all talk- get it, they say. So there's a, there's a detail that uh, is mentioned in earlier in the series where um, when you cure petrification, as long as the person isn't dead, they can also heal their wounds. And that plays a role into how uh, Sanku gets revived because Taiju and Yuzuria pick up on that. And yeah, they they heal that fatal wound using some of the revival fluid. So Sanku is back to normal. Hooray. Cause he had a little piece in the back of his neck, which I thought was really clever. I was like, oh. yeah, I was kind of, cause I was actually kind of curious how he was going to like, you know, survive. And I liked that they did this thing where like the whole, like for the, all the episodes leading up to it, he always does this thing with his neck where he's like constantly like stretching it. And it's like something kind of in the background, but then they like flash back to it like all these different times and it's like oh they were they were foreshadowing it we just didn't even notice you just think it's a character quirk and the and the final one we're covering episode six so uh i wrote this had the longest cold open ever it took nine minutes for the for the uh yeah for the theme song to happen yeah i watched that and i was like wait what the fuck like like i don't know if you guys have watched the friday the 13th movie that came out in 2009 which I is the not. last one. It's it's really good. It's actually a really great oh. like movie. Like for like it, like a slasher from like the two thousands. It's probably one of the best ones. But they they what they do the audacity that they pull is they they introduce you to a bunch of characters, um, and you you play out this whole movie about like these people camping, and a uh, twenty three minutes in to the movie, that's when like and everyone gets butchered. Then it goes smashes to like the. Um, just the Friday the Thirteenth logo, and then you realize the movie's just a start. You're like, we're a third away, a third of the way into this movie, so that means the the bulk of this movie is just an hour long. It's wild. It's like I can't believe that they like had the audacity to do that. And this was almost as egregious. It was, and you're just like at that point, you're just like, wait, didn't the intro already happen? But nope, nine nine minutes in. <laughs> um. So anyways, yeah, thank you. He is revived in this episode. And then he also has a task. He has a task for Taiju and uh, Yuzuriha, which is they have to infiltrate Tsukasa's army as spies. Well, he goes to look for new people. I didn't I didn't understand the army thing. Neither did I. Was I. Like, oh, thank I was God. like, he doesn't have an army. He's one man. In 
Tsukasa laying out his philosophy, at no point does he says he wants to raise an army to at least I didn't I didn't I didn't hear him say it. But at no point do does he really vocalize that he's going to do all of this by force. I thought that he was just only going to revive the young people, the young good people. And suddenly Senku is saying, Oh, we gotta take down his army. I'm sitting there thinking, wait. What what army? And also, like he just got the uh, the formula to make the the revival juice. How is how is he gonna like do that in the course of like I don't know? Because it took them like days and days and days just to get enough to revive one person. How is he gonna do it in like such a short period of time as he's suggesting? Uh, I don't know. It kind of happens. Mean, the he, only he gets... assumption is is that there'll be other. <laughs> caves with other bat juices it can't just be one cave on the earth get all the guano yeah we, we, get, we get introduced to some new uh minions of uh sukasa eventually i can i can tease that out um but yeah the big thing of course is the fact that um senku has told uzuriha uh, and taiju that yeah they're going to infiltrate him which to be honest i'm kind of surprised <laughs> would sukasa even take those two in i guess they're still like pure of heart so I suppose, but that to me, I was like, well, you like Sukasa, you're smarter than that. You know that like Taiju's not going to betray for betray his buddy. Well, if they assume he's dead, and then he's like, oh, we just were acting oh, out of emotion. I guess that's a, I guess that's that. To their knowledge, there's no other people alive on the Earth or in Japan. True enough. I I misplaced that. It's all good. Yeah, I guess it's like it has to just be like in Japan or wherever they are, because you'd you'd have to assume there's got to be you know obviously there is other people near them, but it's like you got to assume other people in the world have also been revived, thanks to, um, yeah, to the you know, the you'll, bat. You'll, you'll, get, you'll get some hints about how how more people can exist, um, which which brings us to our next point because yeah we we get the real introduction to Kahaku in this episode. And that's really why I pushed to do six of these because Kohaku is an integral part of the story. Of course, Boichi, very horny man, uh, loves Kohaku. <laughs> he was very happy uh, to include Kohaku in the story. That was his demand. He's like, I want to draw this kind of girl or I'm yeah. not on your book. And it's like, okay, exactly. dude, you're an adult. Uh, that's, that's the other thing, too. I'm like, oh, wait, that character's underage. That's, that's even worse. Get a sex robot if you're that <laughs> horny. Go on a dating app. Gets have a date. Talk to some women like you're an adult. All maybe right? it was you on the uh, sixth floor of that sex shop you went to, Malcolm. God, maybe I don't even I don't even know what's up. As, as I've got to assume it's like a VR brothel at that point. Like it's like no wonder they won't let foreigners up there. It's got to be something so fucking rank that if you put a black light on it, you'd be like. <gasps> They'd just be so just horrified by the fucking semen that's just been sprayed on the walls. If that's Jin not City. a soundbite for this episode, I don't know what it is. <laughs> what did, so, so I like Kohaku a lot. What do you guys think of this introduction to her? Did, did, did you? I, I learned very little about her other than she, she, fight, she fights good and she lays under a tree without breaking any bones. Yeah. And her internal <laughs> organs are not crushed and she can she knows that. That that's she's, okay. This is the thing that did bother me. So she talks about what Senku is doing as if he is 
a warlock. She says, you're the one that killed that that sorcerer on the hill and the one who made the firebomb. And then when Senku comes across her and she's under a tree, she's like, my vital organs are intact. It's like, how do you... <laughs> it did make me curious about what the like a belief system of the people who are alive, because she's obviously like... Like I what the implication with her at least was that she was born after the stone age, if you will call it that. Yeah. I know that's and, and that is all properly explained in season one. Uh we get answers to that. There's some pretty satisfying ones in my opinion. And also, like, this is the fun thing about anime intros where they just brazenly spoil stuff. <laughs> because uh in these in the first five episodes, we only see like this you know, small cast of four characters, but you're also still watching the opening where there are other characters. Yeah. I, uh, I wish that I could have not watched the <laughs> intro before every episode where I was like, oh, so there are more people. Yeah, very brazenly. I'm well, surprised they, they, they did that. But yeah, I was going to say, it's that, uh, doc, like, if Last Man on Earth was a show I really love, um, it starts off with, like, a small cast, and then it just starts building up as, like, it goes along, um, which I love, especially for a show called Last Man on Earth. Because <laughs> I, I kind of feel like, in terms of how they were starting to introduce more characters, it felt very similar to what Last Man on Earth did. Except Last Man on Earth didn't like have people who really knew each other before the like incident that takes place on that show. It's kind of got more of that Walking Dead, where like Rick Grimes, who's you know been shot on the line of duty as a cop, is like wakes up at, from a coma. And then magically reunites with his wife and his young son in the zombie apocalypse. But his wife's been fucking another man. And that's like the whole crux of the first arc. <laughs> Actually, thinking about it, a 30 second spoiler warning for anyone wanting to go in blind. Uh, an astronaut also plays a role in uh, Dr. Stone. So, oh, just like Why the Last Man as well. Yeah, I guess that's an easy one to do, especially for post apocalyptic stuff as well. So. Seems like seems like a trope where they're just like, yeah, yeah. go down that well. It's definitely um, a trope because you got you want to have something. I was not even on Earth. Why I'm not a fan. Okay, here's my prediction. Uh, they are all hanging out, figuring out how to build this civilization. Uh, a spaceship enters the Earth's atmosphere. It lands standing upright like this. SpaceX written up across the shuttle. <laughs> Out walks Elon Musk. He's been on Mars this whole time. Oh my god! Maybe. Um, and this is a simulation. We've been in, we've been in the simulation the whole time. I get it. And then Grimes makes us listen to her ninety-hour experimental electronic funk album. And I then assume she goes that's on the kind to of... apply for a grant from the Canadian government for a hundred thousand dollars, which is a thing that happened last year. Uh, I think that's enough talk about um, episode six. I think we covered the show pretty thoroughly. Um, let's get to the fun part. Who is... <laughs> this is going to be interesting because there really isn't that many characters. Uh, who is the Speedwagon of Dr. Stone? Speedwagon! 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 Allow me to elucidate ya. The name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. Ooh. All right, I got... I like Kohaku. She's cute. I agree with Boichi. Bye, Kohaku figurines. Please don't kill her off. Um, you know, ask Boichi for uh, sexy commissions. Uh, do, do all that. Uh, what is it? 
Um, but I'm, and you know, I want to say Taiju because he is he is a good speedway in the sense that he's a total bro. I'm gonna go with the monkeys. I'm gonna go with the the monkeys who call him what shiny smooth skin. What do they call shiny him? ape and uh, smooth brain? Shiny ape. Ooh. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with the monkeys. Okay. Um, Great band. <laughs> they are a good band. What about you, Sasha? I think I'm gonna go with Senku's dad because. In terms of meeting the Speedwagon criteria, he is a pretty minor character in the scope of the plot. He does spur on his son to learn about science, but his eyes are completely hidden. His whole thing is he sees his son wanting to do stuff, and he goes and sells his car, and you can see him grit his teeth like, Oh, God, what have I done? And then he's not mentioned again. There's no mention of uh, him by um, Senku. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I like that a father in an anime is not just absent or uh, an asshole. He is very altruistic and not thinking of himself and only thinking of his son's uh, success. Though... The mother is absent, and I don't know if that's going to play a part in the series going forward. But uh, yeah, yeah, I would say Sanku's dad. Nice. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with uh, Toju's beard. All right, not not the not Toju as a character. It's just his beard. That's what I'm going for. Uh, it was a mighty beard. It was a good beard. It's a beard I know I personally can't grow. Um, it's, I mean, I, maybe I could try. It's just, I, I've got um, blind upper lip hair, so it's just, you don't see much. Um, maybe you know I could... I'm switching my speed wagon. It's going to be the clams that shaved. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking about the clams as well. Because I, I, the monkeys were definitely on the list too, but I, and I was like the clams. And then, Me- yeah, I'm going Me- with. Mecha Sanku, I think also needs an honorable mention. Mecha Sanku was pretty cool. So yeah, no, I'm just gonna go with it. Like I thought it was on too soon. It's a good look. Um, I'm jealous, especially you know, for a high schooler to grow such a mighty like lumberjack Paul Bunyan esque beard. Uh, yeah, so that, it's the beard itself. It's not Toju. Beards can have personality. Yeah, it's the kind of personality that says that. Look, hey, look at my beard. I'm gonna be drinking craft beer from now on and wearing red plaid shirts. Which he does. They invent <laughs> beer. Final thoughts on Dr. Stone, the anime episodes one through six, guys. Fun. This is fun. It's uh, it's another fun show. I think we've gotten onto a, a bit of a fun kick recently. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm happy you've introduced this to me. Uh, it's a really interesting world. Like, this has got to be worlds that we've covered. And... I think, you know, I just love that this is all powered by the knowledge of science. And this is all about science and their science facts. And hey, I learned how to make a bomb today. So uh, uh, that's pretty cool. I give it an old thumbs up. I enjoyed it immensely. I have been looking for a new anime to watch for a little while. And this has been on the periphery. And for whatever reason, I just didn't take the plunge. But I know that later this week, I'm going to be watching more episodes of this. So uh, use that as the testimonial, if you will. Uh, Check it out, listeners. 
it's it's great if you haven't already um d- do it yeah it's a fun show i mean rewatching these episodes was fun it's always fun when you know like it's nice watching a well-plotted anime <laughs> especially a well-plotted shonen jump anime which uh you know not every not every anime gets to be one piece where where the, and also one piece is also many take takes you a lot longer to see where the uh the uh the threads that get laid down um uh, how those uh come together so the fact that even dr stone having watched you know the first season and you know half of the second season to be able to rewatch and be like oh the, these things pay off uh is a really nice feeling when i rewatched it i think it's a great show it's super fun Sanku is very different from your typical shonen protagonist i lo- i like shonen protagonists who suck at fighting and don't get better <laughs> i think that's a fun quality of Sanku. I will say the sh- the show does have a stupid name. It's got a stupid name. Doctor like Stone the, is. A I like stupid the name. name. It's just I think the name works for what it is. I, just, the explanation is dumber than what I expected. <laughs> I guess that, maybe that's what it is. It's like it's that, and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe I I expect too much, uh, and this is delivered, and it's fun. It's a funny delivery of like a nonsense title. So I got, I'll give it that. I, I like the misdirection. I was really expecting someone to be named Dr. Stone and the fact that it's a bar of soap, I think, is the greatest. Call me Dr. Stone because we're getting out of the Stone Age and it's, no, it's the, the soap. Um, it's the soap. <laughs> anyways, uh, thank you for, for putting up with us, uh, dear listener. And so now it is time to introduce you to the next anime we're about to cover, which is That Time I Got Reincarnated Into a Slime. It's a fun show and also a show that I feel is kind of similar to Dr. Stone in terms of uh, the tone and what it's kind of about. I feel I think there's some there's some similarities and I also watched them back to back. So I, I felt some felt some connection. Um, we're going to watch episodes one to three and six to eight. Uh, so once again, thank you, Rayla and Carson, for for pushing our episode counts even higher. Oh, my God. <laughs> the president. I was like, could we do six? And now it's like, I guess we can. Uh, let's see. Uh, we'll, we'll see how these go. <laughs> these next couple. Yeah, these go. Uh, a trio of sixes. Um, anyways. Sasha, where can people find you? You can find me at Husbandito on uh, Twitter. I believe it's either Sasha Husband, S-A-C-H-A-H-U-S-B-A-N-D, um, on Instagram or also Husbandito. Um, that, that's mainly it. I don't, uh, don't have too many... Uh, I I got TikTok. Malcolm persuaded me to get TikTok. I've I've, I've talked a couple times. Is that is that the verb to use it? I think so. I yeah. I I'm not a TikToker, so I assume you're you know talking. You bastard! Oh, I thought <laughs> I was joining an exclusive club of me and you. <laughs> I tricked you. No, maybe I'll I'll sign up. Uh, I think my I think my agent wants me to be more involved in social media. So, uh, she she started following me on. The the agency follows me on Instagram now. So, um. Um, in terms of other things to plug, uh, at the time of this recording, which is April nineteenth, Malcolm still hasn't bought my TV. Uh, Malcolm, <laughs> buy my TV. Let's get this uh, hashtag trending. Uh, Malcolm, buy Sasha's TV. Uh, let's. I don't, let's, let's I don't want your TV. You want my TV? It's four K. It's great. It's fifty inches. How how big is your current TV? Let's compare Wait. sizes. It's like 42 inches. Oh, that's a whole eight inches. <laughs> Maybe. I'm, we'll see. We'll see. Um, All right. Progress. Do you have a night? Do you now just have two TVs at your, uh, in your. 
apartment? Well, no, but I, I've mapped out on my wall where the new TV is going to go. Um, oh, yeah. so this is an exclusively audio experience, but in the video of when we record, we look at each other. And yeah, in the background of Sasha's video, I now see a taped out <laughs> section where a TV is going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I look at it aspirationally like one day. Malcolm will buy my TV, and then you will take its place. <laughs> and uh, Jack, how, how can people find you? On uh, only Real Jack M on Twitter. Um, once again, I'm in a positive headspace. Has it's been a while since I've had a good Twitter fight. Kind of nice, kind of nice. You know, I I talk to, I I try to be acquaintances with journalists. They seem to respond to me. That's always nice. Some blue checks, some blue checks give me some likes. That makes me feel good. Uh, and you can follow me on Instagram at. Uh, Jack is Jack, J-A-C-K is J-A-K, because I guess someone else has the full J-A-C-K on both ends, uh, yeah. where you can see pics of my cat and uh, occasionally when, I'm, when I socialize. Oh, boy. Endless pandemic, folks. Endless pandemic. Thank you, Trudeau. And, uh, okay, you can find me um, on Instagram at Malcolm R.J. McLeod. Uh, I technically have that as a Twitter, but I recently figured out, so I don't use Twitter and I thought like, oh, maybe I've been plugging it. I should like maybe use it. And I realized that the reason why I haven't used it is that I got locked out of it a long time ago because the email account that it's linked to got hacked like uh, years ago. Cause it was like an email account that I just signed up for random websites for. So like, of course it got targeted by some like Polish or Russian hackers or whatever. So I don't have access to it anymore. So I think next week I'm going to figure out my new Twitter handle and I'll start plugging it then. <laughs> but until then, um, I don't have a Twitter account. I mean, you can follow the old one, which is the same at Malcolm R. J. McLeod. But it's, uh, yeah, I don't have uh, any access to it, unfortunately. It's funny that we're doing this in an episode recorded in April and you're going to be at home in October and be like, what the fuck? Why did I get so many followers all of a sudden? <laughs> exactly. I'll be like, oh, man. And um, yeah, if you want to follow us, uh, the podcast is on social media. It's at is this anime pod on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, yeah, like, uh, give us some comments about how we're doing. You know, word of mouth is the most important uh, way to spread, a, you know, a small podcast like us. It's been a lot of fun and, you know, we've been getting a lot of good feedback. So, yeah, we'll just be more vocal. We'd love to hear more uh, from you guys. Uh, anyways, I think that just about wraps up this episode. Are there any final thoughts before we go? Um, Boichi, please come on our podcast and uh, talk more about Kohaku. You and me can bond over that. Yeah. Exactly. Sukasa is my casa or no casa because you're a bad. I was waiting the entire episode for someone to make that joke. Thank God we got it in at the end. I didn't want to force it. Okay. Uh, everyone, I, I hope to see your fan art of uh, Sukasa making out with Malcolm. That's your challenge. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Listen, it was, it's been a very, very horny episode. Thank you, Pochi, for the vibes. Later, Power Bottoms. Later, Power Bottoms. Later, Power Bottoms. Later, power bottoms.